Welcome to the India Fintech Diaries, the only podcast focused exclusively on the Indian fintech market. I'm Elroy. And I'm Heman. In each episode, we dive into the latest trends, ideas, innovations, business models, and personalities that are shaping India's fintech landscape. We also invite amazing guests who are innovators and industry players that are driving the change that is helping make financial services more modern, innovative, and inclusive in India. Come join us as we explore the changing landscape of fintech in India. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of India Fintech Diaries. I'm your co-host, Hemant, and this is the show where we discuss the latest trends in Indian fintech, speak to some amazing guests from the industry, and dive deep into specific fintech themes. And I'm your co-host, Elroy. In today's episode, we continue in our journey to understand how fintech can have a transformative effect on Bharat. Financial inclusion in India has seen extensive improvement in the last few years. Bank account coverage has reached 80% of the population and the government of India continues to work towards extending financial services to the unbanked. However, at the ground level, several challenges still exist, which are further compounded by low financial literacy. To discuss financial inclusion and more, I am very pleased to welcome Vikas Sarogi, Vice President, Merchant Acceptance, South Asia Mastercard. Welcome to India Fintech Diaries, Vikas. Great to have you on the show. For the benefit of our listeners, can you quickly talk a little bit about your background, Vikas? Thanks, thanks, Elroy and and Eamon for having me. I'm just delighted to be here. And and let me uh, roll back the clock by, uh, you know, many, many years back, I was born in a small village uh, in Churu district of Rajasthan, uh, a place where even today we don't see many much of digital payments and even merchants uh, don't even have a point of sale device. Uh, being the head of acceptance for MasterCard, it continues to give me nightmares and uh, not only for professional reasons, but also for personal reasons, it's almost my mission to make India a less cash economy and to take digital payment to the nooks and corners of the country. Fast forward 20 years later, almost, uh, I joined HDFC Bank in their uh, merchant acceptance business, helped them uh, grow their business, become one of the largest acquirers before I joined MasterCard about year, eight years back. Uh, Mastercard has been a it has been a very interesting journey. I was fortunate to go to Europe for a six month assignment and uh, only to discover two things. One, uh, India is actually way ahead of all these Western markets when it comes to digital payments in terms of the solutions, in terms of technology. And secondly, the solutions that are available in the developed markets uh, may not be the right fit for the India market. So I came back. And again, had some very, very interesting projects. I, I, was, uh, uh, I worked with the regulator and the industry to uh, launch the first global interoperable QR solution called Bharat QR. After that, uh, uh, worked on projects on contactless to launch India's first contactless card in the market, uh, followed by mobile-based tab-and-go payments. Uh, recently, I've been working with the regulator on uh, the payments infrastructure development fund. Uh, and you know, helping them and the industry to how do we grow acceptance beyond tier two locations. Because I was researching for this episode and I came across this report done by Mastercard with Niti Aayog called Connected Commerce: Creating a Roadmap for Digital Inclusive Bharat. In it, Ari Sarkar, co-president Asia Pacific Mastercard, very eloquently outlines a key imperative for the future. He says, and I quote. We must build digital systems for underserved communities so they can access services and better control their future. I completely agree with this sentiment and I think there are three or four areas we need to improve upon to achieve this goal. Let's take the first one. 
which is last mile delivery of financial services in india while the banked population has been growing through good government initiatives like janthan access to financial services outside of cities has not kept really pace one key indicator or good indicator of access to financial services is atm penetration even today we have about 21 atms per 100000 people you compare that to cambodia even which has 23 and to china which is 96 we are just not there so i have two questions vikas for you the first being what is your view on the scope of the access problem and the second being how do you think we can improve on access to banking services in bharat uh himuk you hit the nail on the head and uh, you spoke about atm penetration uh, and gave some statistics uh let me uh, say that atm is not really the end game because at the end of the day an atm just gives you access to cash and we all know uh, you know access uh, cash is not good Correct. i mean as a, as a behavior what we really want is consumers to move to merchant payments in a digital form in a digital form and the need for atms should be reduced uh, to a to a bare minimum for the simple reason atm it, setting up atm infrastructure is time consuming there is cost involved and as i said it again encourages cash right so what we need to move right. is more of cost terminals and if i give you a sense of how india is placed for every 1000 people we have only five cost terminals in india if you compare mm-hmm. this with developed markets they are somewhere between 10 to 20 uh, and uh, and if you look at the developed markets say us uk uh, europe uh, they would be somewhere between 30 to 40 so therefore uh, what we need to do is move from the current cost terminals which right now is about 5 and a half 6 million and if you include qr then all we are about say 7 and a half million we need to at least double it uh, if not triple it over the next 4 to 5 years to move to about 15 to 18 million acceptance locations in india and 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 that that is extremely important india you spoke about access to uh, you know digitization resources india is a mobile first market right so we got to right. find out solutions which are which are conducive to this kind of market lot of solutions uh, which are working in the western markets will not be fit for india so therefore we need to focus on mobile first solutions this is where a lot of work from our side has gone in and and similarly there's lot of uh, there's a need to work together as an industry all of us whether it is the government the regulator the networks and the banks to create more awareness more trust within the ecosystem and you are you are absolutely right if you go beyond the tier 2 cities uh, we still uh, uh, you know possibilities even uh, goes down further or or the card payments go down further and which is what we need to solve which is where mastercard has put in a lot of effort most of our awareness campaigns marketing campaigns have been around you know how to move acceptance or digital payments beyond tier 2 we uh, recently launched uh, a campaign where we had uh, our brand ambassador Mahindra Singh Dhoni is a captain cool and yeah. we did this priceless uh, uh, team cashless campaign uh, which touched more than 30000 merchants across five cities and the reason for uh, one of the reasons why we chose msd was he comes from uh, a tier 2 kind of a place not from a metro and the people connect with him and therefore very clearly that is our focus area how to move digital payments beyond tier 1 and tier 2 places in the country because i think you touched on some very pertinent points uh, in that right especially about how we currently lag in terms of uh, post terminal penetration in india i think the rbi has also 
aware of this and has done some pretty interesting policy initiatives, which include creation of this new acceptance development fund for creation of acceptance infrastructure in the country. I also think that you have had a very good sense of how this has changed over the years in terms of building of acceptance infrastructure. So could you also talk to us about some of the challenges you have seen in expanding acceptance networks to rural and semi-urban India? And how do you see or rather what trends in terms of both the rollout and technology that you see that will actually help improve this in the near future. Sure, Elroy. So firstly, I must compliment both the government and the regulator uh, for being real visionary digital payments. As you rightly said, the regulator launched a payments infrastructure development fund uh, earlier this year. And the objective is to deploy 9 million acceptance locations over the next three years. And all of them, 9 million, have to come from tier three and beyond locations with a specific focus on Northeast because that's a part of the country which is still Mm. way behind. So that's a positive. Now, what are the challenges? And some of the challenges we have seen have been pretty common across markets and specifically to India. I think there are three key challenges uh, if you have to grow acceptance. One, uh, a large country like India and, uh, you know, acceptance has always been a very manual, uh, intensive kind of a business where you have sales teams, the service teams, point of sale devices, and so on and so forth. How do you onboard merchants or SMEs across the country uh, in a way which can be done in a digital manner, uh, where any SME across the country can onboard, maybe self-onboard, and it reduces the cost and the turnaround time for onboarding a merchant. I think that that is one of the big challenges we saw. Uh, How do you onboard a merchant digitally? which is where we have done a lot of work. We did internal work as well. And finally, we partnered with a company called Sciency. It's a fintech company in India. Uh, and uh, we have launched with them a digital onboarding solution uh, for merchants. And we have taken it across the industry to all the acquirers. What it does is it empowers a merchant anywhere in the country today to self-onboard uh, in a digital format. Uh, and secondly, it reduces the turnaround time and the cost of onboarding a merchant by almost 90% for an acquirer. That's huge. That hu- that's huge in terms of productivity and right. in terms of ease for the merchant. So that's one uh, one, one problem. Second, uh, the form factor which we have seen, which is our physical point of sale terminal, uh, again, that's not something which can satisfy the needs of 1.3 billion people and uh, 60 million merchant SME universe that we have in India because the cost is prohibitive. It requires service. Hmm. So as I said, we need to have solutions which are mobile first, which require less servicing for a large market like India, which is where two, three interesting things we have done. One, uh, we had launched a Bharat QR, uh, uh, interoperable EMB-based QR in India. That was way back in 2017-18. That was one. Uh, Again, you don't require a physical pause. You can just scan and make the payment. That was one. And uh, recently, we have launched SoftPass, which uh, in association with uh, multiple banks uh, and a fintech company, which basically converts your smartphone into a point of sale device on which you can just tap your card and make the payment. It powers the SME to make a digital avatar of his store. So basically helping SMEs, Hmm. you know, physical store to online and then accept face-to-face payments by tap on phone or uh, remote payments by link-based payments or or QR codes. So uh, in a nutshell, those are the kind of solutions we need to kind of increase post penetration in India. And, and thirdly, as I said, building awareness, uh, India, and that is where all of us have to work together. It's not one 
network alone that can do that because uh, we need to reach out to 1.3 billion to encourage them to build trust uh, and a feeling of security when they make digital payments understood because and th- those are some very interesting trends that you have touched upon now that brings me to the next area of focus digital payments digital payments have skyrocketed during the pandemic period with upi now clocking consistently 2 billion plus transactions per month in fact as per a recent report india overtook china to become the world leader in real time payments but along with this massive rise in digital payment also comes the specter of payment security this becomes specially important as digital payments as you rightly hi- highlighted is moving towards the hinterlands of india and the financial education in these areas is very hard to find so because what trends have you seen during pandemic both from the point of view of digital payments and also payment security and what can we do really do to ensure that digital payment access and knowledge to use is equally inclusive absolutely uh, that's an interesting one uh, and and uh, an important one so uh, firstly what this pandemic has done and it's almost like demonetization 2.0 uh, where it has kind of pushed people to move to digital payments and and this trend will continue uh, it's not only a matter of 12 months or 18 months in fact we did a survey and found that 58% of people uh, said that they would want to do contactless payments through their cards prepaid debit free or wallets uh, or mobile wallets uh, and 81% of consumers said that even after the pandemic they will continue to use more of contactless payments so what this pandemic has done has accelerated the digital journey for us which would have taken 3 to 4 years probably it has happened in a matter of few months and we have seen that contactless payments going up we have seen e-commerce transactions growing uh, so those are two trends we have clearly seen now with these kind of payments what also happens is that the risk of frauds also increases we are moving to a world of you know internet of things most all the devices we see are getting connected whether it is your television your phone always was your ipad your refrigerator we are moving towards that world and in that connected world we are leaving more and more digital footprints and most of these devices are eventually going to be used for payments so it becomes very important to ensure that all this all this data all this digital footprints which are being exchanged uh, which are being left behind are managed in a very secure uh, in a secure manner that's of utmost importance now what we have done and we have uh, you know encouraged this very much we have introduced the concept of tokenization uh, which means your card credentials uh, on the consumer side do not pass through through the uh, through the uh, through the chain uh, so whether when you when you transact on a merchant location your merchant will not have your actual card number his systems will not store his physical card details so even if the system for some reason was was to be compromised there will not be any financial challenges point number 1 and there will not be much frauds because the data is in a tokenized format and the actual card data you know uh, is not being passed on so i think tokenization is the way to go on the consumer side uh, we've already done that when we launched say apple pay in other markets in india when we launched samsung pay most of the banks have already enrolled for this program in fact with sbi cards we launched mobile uh, based payments where a uh, sbi card holder can just save his card on the phone and just tap his phone and make the payment across all the post terminals so and and that that is happening now across the banks so i think both on the consumer side even on the merchant side we need to see more uh, more solutions like tokenization i think that's the way to go 
Interesting, uh, Vikas. I had a follow-up question there. So while tokenization is important and it will actually change the way we look at payment security, I think a related question is how do you make sure that this security aspect of tokenization is correctly communicated to someone who might not understand these aspects very well, especially when it comes to moving to tier two, tier three cities. Any thoughts on that? Uh, a great, great question. So because uh, as you rightly said, tier two and beyond, those consumers are still way behind. So firstly, uh, Elroy, this tokenization, yeah. all these jargons are for uh, bankers and uh, people like us. It's not correct. For consumer, right? For the consumer, we need to ensure that we communicate in a manner which is simple and easy to understand, right? Now, consumers today in India uh, actually are very, very, uh, you know, when you look at mobiles, they are very, very conversant. You know, it's one of those markets where mobile data usage has gone, up, gone through the roof, right? So, yeah. so consumers have access to mobile phones uh, and they understand uh, mobiles very well, right? Now, tokenization, as I said, it's for it's for B2B players, for people like us. For consumers, he is just, you know, he has a physical card today or, or he has a bank account. In fact, we are allowing both to be tokenized and the consumer can just enroll that in his provision that on his phone. Rest for the consumer, nothing changes. He continues to go to a merchant location and just tap his phone. Nothing changes. Even for a uh, you know e-commerce transaction, he does that, right? For the consumer, nothing changes. And uh, your point is absolutely valid. The way we communicate, we need to keep it simple. But at the back end, this all this magic is happening at the back end. We introduce tokenization and all this stuff happens. But for the consumers and for the merchants, things remain the same. And which is the beauty? Uh, of the solution like this. So I think Vikas, uh, if I could uh, paraphrase that, essentially what you're saying is that uh, from the consumer's standpoint, and this will be actually important when we look at uh, tier two and tier three beyond, nothing really changes because it's something that's transparent to them, right? And what you really need to focus is to make sure that all the other actors in the, all stakeholders in the payment value chain are uh, in a tokenization enabled so that the end uh, benefits of tokenization can be given to the consumer. Is that kind of summarizing it well? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. Perfect. I'll just uh, move focus a little bit towards uh, agriculture, right? So India, for example, is uh, agriculture still remains one of the biggest employment sectors in India. About 58% of India's population being employed in that sector. Uh, farmers still face a lot of challenges, be it access to markets, information inputs. But as financial services goes, they have uh, problems in accessing credit. Uh, and therefore, digitizing financial transactions for farmers has become a very important uh, keystone in the way that we approach digital financial inclusion in the country. So what do you think are some of the challenges in making this a reality? And uh, I understand that MasterCard also has some initiatives that it's currently engaged in. Uh, could you also speak a little bit about that? Sure, Roy. So as you rightly said, uh, you spoke about uh, access to finance. I think there are three challenges for, uh, for the farmers community. One is access to capital, which you spoke about. And the other yeah. are access to technology and access to information. Right? I see those three as the key, key challenges for this sector. And most of the farmers work in a very unorganized manner. They are not a part of uh, FPOs, which are farmer producer organizations or self-help. Yeah. Right. And they always are surrounded by middlemen. And therefore, uh, so neither do they have information about the market, what should be the right selling price. And uh, again, uh, they end up borrowing from uh, middlemen at a very high rate of interest and end up selling the produce at a much lower price 
to the uh, to the end uh, consumer right so that that's the that's the challenge they face uh, now to solve this what we have done uh, we have launched a solution called mastercard farmers network solution it is called e raitu and it was launched uh, in 2008 uh, and it is currently operating in the state of uh, andhra pradesh and we are working with the government of uh, andhra pradesh uh, in the horti culture uh, department and what this platform does is firstly it brings the farmers and the buyers together on a single platform uh, okay in a very transparent manner and it's a it's a mobile based platform and secondly it is uh, it is a feature phone based platform so what this platform does is it links the farmers with the buyers the farmers can directly sell to the buyers and buyers can directly tell the price at which they want to buy so it reduces the middleman point number 1 and they also get in access to information which they otherwise would not have so in a nutshell right. this entire platform mobile based platform empowers a farmer to get to get information which was a challenge and then sell the goods sell his produce at a fair market value directly to the buyer so this is what we have done and on top of it the farmer will be able to receive payments again digitally so information secondly uh, technology is what we have provided and with the mix of this if you combine this together and the payments are going in a digital format we believe somewhere down the line uh, the banks would be able to kind of do lending to these uh, farmers based on their digital records and digital transactions uh, at a far better attractive uh, f- uh, financing options than what they currently do so that is how we are trying to solve uh, the challenges which a farmer faces today i think that's some great work you guys are doing as uh, far as making farmers financially included I think this is a good time to also introduce some of the wider work that Mastercard is doing for financial inclusion. Mastercard recently pledged to financially include one billion people and fifty million micro and small businesses into the digital economy by twenty twenty five. Now, this is a worldwide goal, and it's certainly a very ambitious goal. So, talk to us some of the initiatives that Mastercard is taking both in India and globally to make this happen. Sure. So, firstly, Enroy, whatever solutions we are building, these are these are all in house. So, for example, Mastercard, yeah, Farmers Network solution that was built in. mastercard labs in kenya and uh, it was brought to india then and it was uh, you know in our pune lab this was customized for india so you spoke about bringing uh, mastercard's pledge 1 billion consumers and uh, also we are topping that up with 50 million smes uh, we want to bring them in financial inclusion and and that's just not a philanthropic kind of a effort it's a real focus on our side uh, and just to give you a sense over the last 5 years we have Got 500 million consumers already uh, in financial inclusion, and that's where we want to double double our efforts. As I said, some of the solutions we have built in house, we have brought to India. Mastercard Farmers Network was one. Uh, similarly, we we have built another solution called Kionet, uh, which was again first introduced in Africa. Uh, what that does is, it is a digital billing ordering system for small merchants. by which they can directly connect with their suppliers or wholesalers uh, see the uh, menu make payments order goods and uh, and uh, basis all their digital transactions again there could be a bank who could finance these uh, inventory for uh, for this msmes so that was launched in uh, kenya uh, with a bank and uh, msmes we are bringing uh, customizing it for india 
and bring that to India as well, where we are again working with uh, a large FMCG company, a bank, uh, and some of these MSMEs uh, to uh, you know to to kind of digitize their uh, ordering system and providing them access to capital. So that's something which I think is going to be very very powerful uh, to solve the problems of MSMEs and bringing uh, uh, you know giving them access to capital as well as digital payments. So that's one. Other thing is we are working with a lot of NGOs uh, uh, again to build uh, you know build digital literacy and build awareness uh, in the country. And uh, one of the organizations we have partnered with is uh, Confederation of All India Traders (CIT), which is an umbrella organization which has more than 65 million SME members. So we are working. We have been working with them over the last three to four years to build awareness, to educate some of these MSMEs across the country. Uh, that's another initiative, and it has brought us good results. I spoke about how our marketing campaigns are talking about tier three and beyond, and 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 similarly in Rajasthan, we had uh, uh, worked with an organization to uh, uh, build awareness among ten thousand MSMEs who we connected with, and also uh, we worked with another organization to uh, uh, to get one lakh uh, hundred thousand women entrepreneurs uh, or artisans. Uh, into the digital uh, code. Those are some of the things we are doing. Uh, and as I said, uh, digital uh, financial inclusion is something very, very close to our heart. So whether it is building solutions or whether it is, uh, uh, you know, providing financial support, we have been at the forefront. Very interesting because because you touched upon few partnerships. One was Samsung, the another one was Sainzi. Then you also sp- now spoke about these partnerships with the NGOs. Talk to us about some some of these more interesting and more other interesting partnerships that you have done in the space of say fintech or technology companies to include or target or achieve the goal of financial inclusion that you are going behind. So we have a program called Start Path, which essentially is to help fintechs in the country. Uh, and we have reached out to uh, almost 230 fintechs who have enrolled for this program. And the way it works is they get enrolled for a six-month program with us where they get mentoring, they get access to resources, MasterCard resources, information, and we finally take them to investors. A lot of them get investments and sometimes MasterCard also end up investing. Uh, so this is what we have been doing for fintechs, born in India, make in India, and taken to the globe. Science, I spoke about you know how, how the digital onboarding solution has worked wonders. We have invested. We ended up investing in Sainzi, by the way. And similarly, we have worked uh, worked with the Worldline, uh, a payments company, to build this entire soft pause plug and play solution, which can provide digital payments on a mobile phone for uh, uh, all the merchants, for especially the public sector banks who would find it very difficult to build something like this. That's another one. Similarly, we have worked with uh, Paycraft, which is more in the transit ecosystem. We have worked with Razorpay, which is more of an e-commerce company. And yes, we have been kind of working with a lot of fintechs in the country to bring out solutions which can solve for the real Bharat. And most of them will are mobile-based solutions. Excellent. Excellent, Vikas. I think this has been a brilliant session with you and you have really helped us understand how MasterCard is helping push the financial inclusion agenda both in India and globally. Thanks a ton for being part of this uh, episode today and speaking with us. Thanks, Elroy. Thanks, Emant. Thanks for having me. Uh, That's it for India Fintech Diaries this week. Do keep an eye out on our website, indiafintechdiaries.com for exclusive companion content on topics discussed on the show. And until next time, stay safe.